This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company Summer Series. I'm Maddie Guest, and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Dicker. Mads, it's fair to say that 2022 has been a volatile year for markets. And it's also safe to say that we have learnt a lot of lessons this year. If only we had had a crystal ball at the start of the year, we could have made some very different investing decisions. Well, why not then? This year, we create our very own crystal ball. We are bringing you Industries to Watch in 2023 as voted by you. Four episodes over four weeks of Aussie summer. Or a winter series if you're joining us from the Northern Hemisphere. (laughs) Welcome. We are talking about some of the most talked about industries that just might have their moment on the ASX in 2023. This series is brought to you by Global X, a powerhouse ETF provider in the local and international market, offering investors best in breed products backed by industry leading research. So, Soph, the new year is a great time to reset, have a think about your goals and have a think about how your portfolio is structured, which is what we're going to be talking about today. We can make our motto for 2023 or the beginning of it, reset and reflect or reflect (laughs) and reset. Nice. So we do have an interview coming up with the head of global investment strategy at Global X, where we get some great tips and tricks for setting up your portfolio for the new year. But before we do that, I thought it would be nice for us to do some reflection. One of my favorite games that we play in our household is pit and peak, but I thought let's make it money related. So let's start with the negatives. What was your pit for 2022? Money related, I've got two. I can't, sorry, I've got two. (laughs) One of them was that the gender pay gap stalled. So for the first time since 2015, it actually didn't decrease. And I just think that was, you know, because of the pandemic, very much pandemic related as people either lost jobs or had to go back to say caring for elderly or for children. So that was definitely a pit. But then coupled with that, we also have really high inflation. Yes. And that's just a pit because my money is doing so much less than what it was. Maybe we can be specific and say that the pit was when iceberg lettuce was $6.50 and I couldn't make make Sanjoy bow for dinner. (laughs) Okay, so what is the learning that you're going to take away from this? So going into 2023, my learning is to be really specific with my goals and then cut down in areas that I do not need to spend. For example, I have subscriptions e.g. an Amazon one, Mm. a Prime one that I literally use once a year. Like I'll use to order something and it comes quickly. Cut those expenses out and then be really focused on the things that do matter. So 
for example, that I make sure that I have my $500 a month to go into my investments and to not skip on that part, make sure I have that money to spend by skipping on the areas that I don't need this year. Nice. What was your pit, your money pit? Your money pit sounds like a good thing. I wish I had a pit of money. money. (laughs) Me too. I think the pit for me has to be that the market crash really showed me that I was overweight in tech stocks and small cap companies. I think I got a little bit excited over the last couple of years saw that everything or most of the things that I was investing in were going up. And I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess. And I guess I probably (laughs) rated my investing skills a little bit too highly. Yeah. Okay. So your pit is that there's a fair amount of red happening on your screen at the moment. Right. Should we spin this then and ask what's the lesson you'll take from that in 2023? Well, I think it has really got me thinking about how diversified I really am with so much market movement over the last 12 months. It's really sort of encouraged me to, I guess, do a bit of a review of my asset allocation. So thinking about, you know, how heavily exposed am I to tech versus healthcare or other industries? How heavily invested am I in Australia versus overseas markets? So You know, my goal for the year ahead is to really prioritize focusing on investing in ETFs and trying to think very strategically about where I'm putting my money and what are the actual companies behind those ETFs. Yeah, you know, Mads, I've had a year of ETFs (laughs) after being very damaged with my tech stock saga. (laughs) All right, let's go to the positive side now. What is your peak for 2022? One of my peaks for 2022 money related was that I got paid a dividend whilst I was on holiday. Love it. (laughs) And I have not traditionally invested in a lot of dividend stocks. I've invested in ones where I was hoping to get more capital gains. So that's Mm. that the um, amount of money that you would sell the stock for increases. But when I got this dividend and I was like sitting on a beach, I was like, (laughs) oh, Hold on. I've always known that you can get paid dividends, but I think now that I've started to build up my dividend side of my portfolio, I've realized how important and how like incredible that is that you can make income like all the time just through investing. I know it sounds stupid because we talk about it all the time, but honestly, it was like the first time that I was like, wow, I can make ongoing income through investing. Quick follow-up question for you. Did you reinvest that dividend or did you spend it on your holiday? So my goal, this links to my goal, (laughs) is that... I realized that one of my um, brokers that I go through doesn't have de- reinvestment plans set up for it. So I started out on Comsec and that's all set up with dividend reinvestment, but on stake, I'm not. Mm. So my goal for this year is to consolidate all my investments onto one platform and to make sure that all the dividends are reinvested because I did spend my dividend on a couple of pina coladas on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what was your peak, money peak for 2022? My peak was that I reached my goal for dollars invested every month. I said I had started the year and I said that I had a specific dollar figure in mind that I wanted to try and invest each month. And what I have sort of really taken away from the past year is that automation helps. Mm. So I actually set up an automatic uh, transfer to go into my brokerage app. And I have to say, I don't think that I would have reached this goal if I hadn't had that because of so much volatility in the market, you know, managing your money mindset is so key. And I think that with everything going on, I wouldn't have had as much conviction or I wouldn't have sort of gone out of my way necessarily to be transferring and investing so much had I not had this automatic transfer. Yeah. And I'm sure like when you look back on this time, you'll be so grateful that you dollar cost averaged in over a really volatile period because 
human emotion gets in the way very easily mm. and if you're going to be putting up $500 or something $100 into investing but it's like a really bad week for markets you yeah. might be like I'll put it off I'll put it off and then all of a sudden you've spent it that weekend it's all about like removing that friction right just yeah. trying to make it as easy and as routine as possible so goal then for 2023 stay consistent nice. like you know I want to keep going and I want to keep with these sort of different strategies testing out different things in terms of turning off the stock market or the negative news that maybe stops me from investing so much and just try and really stay consistent love it I think that's a great goal be consistent <laughs> We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we'll be right back to hear from the head of investment strategy at Global X. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Today, we are excited to be joined by Blair Hannon, Head of Investment Strategy at Global X. With over 15 years' experience, it's Blair's job to help us understand our, the Global X ETFs in Australia, which is exactly what he's going to be talking to us about today. So, Blair, welcome to Your Own Good Company. Thank you very much. Blair, you are very much across the ETF space. Would you call yourself a bit of an ETF guru, or is that going too far? It's going way too far. Uh, no, okay. I don't like expert guru. That's none of that stuff. I think, yes, I work in ETF. So I have some context. At least that's that's going to be helpful. My, look, my background, just for just for your listeners to ha- like to make sure that, you know, I used to be, I used to give advice. I have used to give people, usually a little bit older than probably your listeners, advice around buying ETFs, buying portfolio, you know, how to build a portfolio, those sorts of things. And now, yes, working in directly in ETF. So, oh, look, you can call me a guru if you want, but I don't like it. <laughs> Well, regardless, you'd be well aware that, you know, over the past year, there's been a lot of stock market volatility. And because of that, we're all really pivoting to think, you know, how can we build up a kind of stable portfolio for the new year? What would be your three practical tips for building up a stable portfolio? Look, it's a hard one, isn't it? You know, I think for many many younger investors, this has probably been the toughest year they would have experienced. I'm sure your listeners can't see, but I've got grey hair. And that came from the GFC, uh, <laughs> which was a tough time. So I don't envy those who didn't have to go through that. But I think you can learn, you learn a lot of lessons from those that, those painful times around how you think about your portfolio. And, you know, you use the word stability, for example. 
But for me, I think like, and I'll put my old advisor hat on and this, I think this definitely certainly pertains to ETFs, but there's a few things that I think stand out. So one, and what I've always found, and this is why a lot of people don't go and get advice is, I'm not saying you, can, you definitely can do this yourself, but this is a reason, but is to think about what, like, what is your actual strategy? Like, what are you trying to achieve out of the investment? Like, you know, I think a lot of people think about their goals, but like, you know, formulating that strategy is so important to help you actually get to those goals. And I think it's a, um, certainly a step that can be skipped sometimes where what happens is you sort of see what's out there. You might, and you've probably got some good structure and around, I'll, I'll buy some ETFs in the core space and I'll build a portfolio around, but that's not, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do. And this is kind of going to my second tip because I think asset allocation which is a bit of a jargon word, but it's like, how are you building a portfolio to expose yourselves to different parts of the market? So shares or, and you know, bonds probably aren't that popular for for younger people in terms of what they do, but, you know, different parts of the share market, different different areas. And um, so it's not, it's, you know, this is a difficult space where education and, and self-education on how to do this can take some time and ends a bit of effort. So I think what, like what you guys do, and I think the whole, this whole podcast community that is bringing to light a lot of these questions for, for, for investors, especially for newer investors is really, really important because it's, it's not easy. Um, and what happens is the longer you go in, as you build a portfolio, you need to keep resetting and going back, well, what was my strategy? Am I getting, am I still sticking to that strategy? is the asset allocation I thought, you know, that I put in place still right. So I think that's, that's really, that's really, really key to, again, building, you know, think about portfolio and stability. <clears throat> then lastly, I think diverse, like every ETF guy is going to say diversification, but I actually think like, think about what you're actually getting when you buy an ETF and think about over diversification. Because when you buy an ETF, I think the first thing you should obviously look at, and we can talk about this, is like, how, but how many shares are you actually getting in that portfolio? What's the weightings of those shares? And 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 the really good thing about ETFs is, is that you you can see what's in there. You can have a look. You know, go onto whoever the issuer's website is, click on the holdings, and you can download the whole thing. So you really know what you're getting, and you know you can build a definitely build a whole portfolio of ETFs. It's great. You know what you're exposed to. How but and then think about how those portfolios pair together, and that diversification can be good or it can be you know, too bad because you've gone way too far down the track. So I think, look, get there my kind of three things. So think about your strategy, think about how to asset allocate built with that strategy and think about what the diversification you're actually doing and getting into when it comes to an ETF is. I know sometimes when I'm sort of looking into an ETF and trying to decide whether it's something that I do want to add to my portfolio or not, you know, it's very easy to get analysis paralysis when I'm trying to decide what to invest in. So what would you say are the most important things to look at when you are actually getting into the nitty gritty and selecting an ETF? What, when we think about ETFs, it's, it's it's similar to think of, you know, doing your own research when it comes to stocks, but not to the point where you're looking at a balance sheet going... I need to do a discounted cash flow analysis here to bring it back to today. I need to know what the, you know, the risk free rates are. You're not going to go to that level. But what you need to understand is, is especially with the with the advent of thematics and how they are playing a role in a portfolio these days, whether that's the old core and satellite. What you know, again, however you set up your portfolio, think really deeply when you when you do do the, when you do look under the hood, when you look at the the companies in that portfolio, when you look at how that portfolio is constructed, so the kind of the index structure structure of that. Think about, do you think this is going to help you achieve the outcome that you want? Because what happens a lot of the time is, let's say you're investing in healthcare and you like healthcare and we certainly, maybe it's not now, but you were thinking about that previously in terms of um, during COVID. It was a pretty obvious kind of trade, right? It was sort of sitting in front of you. 
well, there's a bunch of different healthcare ETFs on the market. Like, were the ones that you were buying getting what you thought you were going to get out of it, whether that was playing into that space of uh, the COVID vaccines or were you trying to buy it because you thought that might have flowed down down to the more the biotech space? Again, that, whatever your whatever your rationale was for doing it, but you've got to understand and you've got to understand really clearly that what you're getting is going to help you try to get what you're trying to achieve when, when you're buying ETF. And, and that is... You can't just do that by looking at the title and looking at what the ETF's name is. That you've got to go a bit deeper than that. And if you don't, well, then when you look back and go, "Oh, hang on, I thought I was going to make more money out of that." Well, that's probably why that it didn't happen. Yeah, I do find it interesting as I've kind of gone on the, my ETF journey this year, like actually looking at like the weightings and what countries the companies like where they're sitting. And when you do a little bit more due diligence, jargon word, <laughs> when you do do that due diligence, you actually work out like oh, okay, I might be buying this top 100, you know, US ETF, but you realize that 50% of the holdings is Apple. And you're like, well, then I'm not really getting that diversification that I was like looking for once you actually do start looking into it. So it does make a lot of sense. Exactly. But you've mentioned a couple of times that it's quite important to really know your strategy and know your reason for investing to select an ETF. Global X has something I saw called Conversational Alpha, which was on your website. And I think it's all about like selecting a portfolio, building up a portfolio so it suits you and your strategy. Can you explain a little bit about this and why it is useful in building up your portfolio? I think it kind of goes back to that point. So anyway, this, this uh, to give you the context, this was framed by um, our US CIO. His name's um, John Mayer, not the singer John Mayer. It's a completely different guy. Um, <laughs> he might be good at ETFs. It's a fun fact. He might be, though. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm not judging his investment portfolio. But it's all around <laughs> thinking about trying to make the idea of building a portfolio and portfolio construction relevant for investors. And I think it's hard. And I think the, the point is also, this is alpha. And alpha is, that, that is pure jargon with beta and alpha and all this stuff that comes into the world. Um, and for context, what that kind of means is, is beta is uh, beta is essentially track an index, you know, because you get beta returns. Beta is, is like an index, like an S&P 500, something like that. Where alpha is what you're trying to get over and above, over and above that. Um, that index, where you, we know most, you know, predominantly 90% of ETFs are, are beta or they track an index. So what, what we're kind of saying here is where the alpha comes from and how you think about that is how you're building the portfolio, how you're constructing it together, how you're putting all your pieces in, into that bigger puzzle, because that's what's going to give you your, technically your alpha as an investor. So how does that look across sectors? How does it look across thematics? What indexes are you buying? Uh, are they rules-based? Are they narrow are they broad like these are the questions so are you buying bonds how, how are you pairing your bonds with equities like these are big questions and i'm not trying i'm not answering these questions i'm giving you the context then how does that pair with you as an investor are you younger does that mean you've got a longer time frame does that mean you because of that time frame can take on more risk because you've got you know a longer time frame to 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 smooth that volatility you talked about this earlier around the stable portfolio if you're younger you know compared to being say a retiree who needs income and he's 80, that's a, good, it's a whole different portfolio, what your portfolio looks like. So it's really thinking about how you want to generate alpha and how you want to get your outcomes for your portfolio at that sort of top-down level, uh, which I think, again, I think it's really important to think about for, for any type of investor, especially sort of younger investors as well. You touched on time horizon there, and I have to say this year in particular, I have been glad that time is on my side because my portfolio hasn't been looking at so flash recently. 
I think this year has been a really good year of learning though. I'm keen to hear what would you say is your biggest lesson from investing in 2022 and I guess what will you be carrying into 2023? I think it's there's this thing <clears throat> investing. It's in general, it's a thing called recency bias and you're probably pretty well aware of it. And the idea is, is that what you think has happened recently is going to happen in basically in a prolonged future. And it just shows. Oh, so interesting. With, yeah, well, I think it shows with inflation and interest rates, which really are, like, let's be honest, probably the interest rates are some of the biggest drivers of investment returns we've seen. We had a prolonged period of time where interest rates fell from, you know, uh, I wasn't around, but in the, you know, you hear from your parents very, very often that interest rates are very high and things like the 70s and 80s when they were paying this amount on their home loans compared to they are when it's still low, lower in comparison to them, but obviously bounce off a very, very low base. So that has fundamentally changed the game in terms of what investments look like in the future. And it's really thinking about how that's going to play a role and how you think about like, And this is not an easy question and I don't have a great answer for it, but this is going to fundamentally play a role in how you build say. a portfolio. <laughs> no, there's no crystal ball here. Uh, so how will... <laughs> uh, it's really, it's a really hard question because a lot of investors for a predominant period of their life have lived through this cycle of, of decreasing, potentially decreasing interest rates. And it's just changed in terms of these younger investors like yourselves, how they think about what we're going to do the next 10 years. So look, I think there's, there's still a, a bunch of different options that you can play to take advantage of this. It's just thinking, thinking deeply about how, how that works now compared to basically what the free money game was we had for obviously the last 10 years. So just so I understand, right, because I feel like I'm a little bit lost. Are we saying that we, uh, like, we now sit at kind of, you know, pretty, not stable, but, you know, low, low interest rates and obviously inflation is high at the moment, but, you know, we usually sit between that 2 to 3% and that means going forward the stock market's going to, you know, be reacting in a different way to what we've seen, you know, historically or? I think it's a situation where what we have was a gradual decline into very low interest rates since the GFC obviously military nature from 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 governments and um, central banks. That's likely not going to come back in the very near future and likely not going to come back probably in the next, you know, forecasting is a, a very hard game and I just certainly don't don't pretend that I'm anything special. But it's, it's unlikely that you're going to see 0% or very, very low interest rates in the next couple of years if inflation stays around in any type of form. So what that means is, is it just, it's more difficult. You know, let's look at you guys. It, you would have probably in your whole investment journey never been able to get any yield, any income out of bonds, fixing it just it wasn't there. Now that's changed already. So what does that look like again for the next 10 years? That's going to change how you think about your type of investment. So this is the thing, there's no easy answer to this because for many investors, this probably hasn't been something that you've even seen before. Uh, but there, again, to my point, there is options to play this uh, in a broader sense. It's just how you think about when you build your portfolio with it. Are there any industries that you have your eye on for the year ahead in 2023? Well, I think going back to your, the point earlier around the long term, I think one area that if you again, we're thinking about like what interest rates are going to impact a lot of areas, but one area for me is um, is a when, not if, is this whole decarbonisation trend where we're seeing a, like we've seen COP27 just recently. So a really good that came out of COP27 uh was that there, there's an expectation that b between four and six trillion US dollars needs to be spent in renewables by 2030 if we're going to hit net zero by 2050. Now, interest rates or not, that's happening. 
because we know as an Australian government, and we're probably a little bit slow here, but in comparison to the rest of the world, are driving towards renewables. And there's a few reasons. The acceleration of this war that's come out of Ukraine and Russia, we're, we're lucky here. We've got heaps of coal, heaps of natural gas. I'm not going to go into the policies of the, all the caps and all that sort of stuff, but like we've got this abundance of fossil fuel that we can turn to if we need to. Places like Europe and some like they don't Asia, they don't have that. Like they've got no choice. So they're trying to drive independence of, of energy security. And one of the areas they do that in is to build renewables, which has become much, much cheaper. It's actually one of the most cost effective ways you can get energy now. So if you want to move away from your reliance on traditional fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, what do you do? You go and build a bunch of renewables that ties in really nicely with this broader decarbonisation trend that's happening globally. So yeah, that's why I think for for me it's a when not if. It's just it's may not be perfectly twenty twenty three, but it's the it is truly the long term game. Is there to put you on the spot here? Is there a specific area of decarbonisation that you are interested in, or you just the whole trend in general? Oh look, yeah, look at this. There's a it's, but this is the thing. It's about thinking about as an investor, how am I going to play this theme? Like that's that should be the mindset of all your listeners. Like how do I how do I do the right thing by the globe and, and participate in this? But how also how do I generate wealth alongside it? I think one of the areas that I, that we really like is probably the the metals that are going to take to build this infrastructure that takes so the solar panels, um, electric vehicles, the wind turbines. So you know we know about lithium. Lithium's been talked about a bunch in Australia, but I think one of the other ones that's really interesting is copper. Like if you were to build a traditional copper, sorry, a traditional sort of power plant, natural gas, coal, you need at least between three to five times more copper to build one of these newer wind turbines or solar. So we had this base case of copper's been used for you know millennia around building and infrastructure and everything. If you add renewables on top of that, where does that come where does it come from? So we had some really interesting stuff happen recently. BHP's bought Oz Minerals in Australia, it's a copper miner. Rio's just gone and bought another uh, part player up in Mongolia, again, a copper miner. So these big companies are starting to foresee what's happening in the future in these in these areas. So there's some really interesting stuff in the material space when it comes to this renewables, big renewables trend. Very interesting indeed. Well, Blair, thank you very much, our ETF guru, for joining us on the show today. Super interesting to get your perspectives on sort of how we can be thinking about our portfolios at this time. Obviously, for us newer investors, it is a very different environment today than it was even six, 12 months ago. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. It was really good. Good to get a little bit of insight from someone that builds up ETFs every day and hopefully (laughs) something that we can take into 2023. Another thing we can take in is one of your summer recommendations. Oh, transition. <laughs> Today, I am recommending an, an episode of a podcast called Masters of Scale. This one is so good. It is called Make It Epic, Will I Am? And it's all about Will I Am and his ability to bring people together and actually really leverage partnerships to create things that are far bigger. I always thought that, you know, Will I Am was singer he was part of black eyed peas you know obviously good at his job but i had no appreciation of just quite how much quite how much quite how much he did with his life (laughs) he partnered with apple coca-cola he became the director of creative innovation at intel and he was one of the founding partners of beats beats by dr dre those headphones yeah honestly could not recommend this episode more highly it was fascinating to hear what he's been able to create out of what on the surface looks like a music career. Sounds like I've got a podcast for a summer drive somewhere. Love it. What are you recommending for me today? I have previously recommended this podcast, but I think 
it is a perfect one for 2023, which is the Huberman Lab. Oh, nice. Have you got a specific episode? Yes, I've got two. Okay. So there's one all about goals. Um, and so he speaks about like setting up your goals and how important it is. A really great thing about his podcast, because you might see it and be overwhelmed because they're like two hours, Ooh. but he timestamps everything in his show notes. Ah. So if there's a certain area that you, you're like, I need to know why setting up goals is important, he'll like have that written and you can go to that timestamp, which is nice. great. Another one is the he speaks about the science-based facts behind happiness. Mm. And I think if you just need a bit of a feel good or like, I don't know, if you want to reset for 2023 and really bring a little bit more serotonin or happiness or positivity into your year, if you've had a crappy year, it's just like a really thought-provoking episode. Again, got the timestamp so you don't have to listen to the full two hours, but He's Love great. It. He's great. Well, we will be including all three of those, links to all three of those episodes in our show notes. As always, if you have any questions, please get in contact at YIGC Podcast on Instagram or jump into our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. It's also summer, so please feel free to share this to a friend, family member, if they are setting up new money goals, new investing goals for the new year. Otherwise, we will catch you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. How did we just say bye at the same time? That's so funny. <laughs> you have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.